Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I am so happy that you are joining me here today. Well, we got a challenge from a listener last year that has been a little challenging to fulfill. We have been looking for a homeschool teen to chat with on the podcast. And while there are lots of homeschool teens everywhere, there aren't necessarily many who are chomping at the bit to uh, be on a homeschool mom podcast. (laughs) But we finally found one who was game to take the challenge. And I think she did a great job. Today, we have Aria Marr, who's going to be talking to us a little bit about what it's like to be a homeschool teen, and also a little bit about the book that she wrote. She is an aspiring author and has published a book and is working on doing some more writing work as well. Now, Aria is in ninth grade. She's 14 years old, and we really enjoyed uh, getting the chance to speak with her and bring this podcast interview to you today. Mar is no ordinary high school freshman. She is an aspiring writer with an interest in young adult fantasy fiction and the author of the recently released novella, Behind Her Mask Was Death. Aria joins us on this episode of the podcast to chat about her book and to give us the inside scoop on homeschooling from a teenager's point of view. Start off by telling me a little bit about your family. I live with my mom and dad, and I have four younger brothers and no sisters. One thing interesting, I think, about me is all of my extended family actually live in Canada. So my dad is from like around Newfoundland, and my mom used to live in Ontario. And we go to Canada a few times every year, which I really enjoy. I would like to maybe live there actually for a year when I finish high school. Oh, that would be cool. Okay, I didn't know your parents. And now, is your mom Canadian or did she just live there? Oh, no, she is Canadian. Oh, fun. Yes. Okay, so Canadians here in the States. Well, how did you guys get started homeschooling? When did you start homeschooling? Well, I've been homeschooled my whole life. I do know people like my best friend, actually, who take some classes at a university as well as homeschooling. I personally just enjoy being able to do all my work at home. Okay. And was there any particular reason why your parents started homeschooling you guys? My mom was, she actually, like, for the first, like, year or so of schooling, she actually went to public school, but she really didn't like it, and she I don't think she had a good time there. So her mom actually took her out of public school and homeschooled her and her sisters for the rest of their schooling. Oh, fun. So and you're like a second-generation homeschool family. Yes. Oh, neat. Okay. Well. Let's talk about, uh, I know that you like to write and I know you like books. So let's talk about Mm -hmm. what book, what literary classic do you think your homeschool day is most like? Well, my mom said Lord of the Flies because of all my brothers (laughs) who are crazy. But I was actually thinking more of like Little Men, like by Louisa May Alcott, Mm -hmm. again, because of all my brothers. So do you sometimes feel like Joe or are you leaving that up to your mom? sometimes I do like have to look after my brothers like more recently I've had to like stay home with them more and look after them more and help with them more but my mom does a good job of looking after them all of them 
And you're the oldest, right? Yes, I am. Oh, wow. The oldest girl <laughs> of four brothers. Mm. Well, tell me, what do you think is the best part of being homeschooled? Probably the best part is not having to get up and catch a bus and go to a big building for the whole day. Like I said, my friend, she goes to like takes classes at a university. She had to take like French and math classes at a high school for like a year. And she really did not enjoy having to get up really early in the morning. And I just, I like being home. And I, I feel like if I went to public school, I wouldn't necessarily know my family as well. That's good. I looked out the window today and my two boys were actually laying on the trampoline together, just laying there chatting, you know. And I thought, boy, they would sure be missing out on that opportunity if they had to get up and go to separate classrooms each day. Yeah. Well, you're still a pretty young girl, but do you have any favorite homeschool memories, some stuff you've done? So there's this really bizarre. So it was actually fairly, well, it was last year. And I keep, I keep forgetting that it's 2017 now, but it was last year. So kind of recently, but we were like, it was me and my mom and two of my older the oldest two of my brothers, and we were listening to an audiobook performance of um, As You Like It by William Shakespeare. And there was this one character, and I think he was like a, like supposed to be like the jester or, or something. He was telling this crazy story about a knight who swore upon the pancakes that they were good. And me and my brothers couldn't stop laughing because like, he swore upon the pancakes. <laughs> and my mom was, said it was making her hungry for pancakes, so we had pancakes for lunch. And it was really cool because it was like nothing like that would ever happen in public school, right? Like you would never get that kind of opportunity to just like randomly, oh, we're going to have pancakes for lunch because of this thing. Oh, that is kind of neat. Yeah. Just my kids would love that. If I said, oh, we're (laughs) going to have pancakes for lunch, they would think that was Mm -hmm. the best thing ever. I don't do fancy normally on a school day. So that was really kind of cool. Do you have any pet peeves as a homeschool teen? Anything you hate? that people ask you or any stereotypes that you don't like? Well, I think, I mean, I haven't personally been told this by anybody because I don't know like a lot of people who are in public school, but my friend like and her family, they said like there's people who like they'll tell that, oh, we're homeschooled. And there's this apparently this sort of idea that other people may have that, you know, homeschoolers sit around in bed eating ice cream all day, which I mean, that's certainly not true. I mean, I don't think true but you know for one thing my mom would never let me eat ice cream in bed because i really i probably like you know you're gonna get that everywhere but no see it's not that's not what it is like you know i don't think i would let my kids eat ice cream in bed either because of the big mess so (laughs) yeah there's no ice cream in bed eating going on around here i think a lot (laughs) of people don't realize how kind of normal I don't know. It seems normal to me, yeah. how, but how normal yeah. it is. We just, we get up and we, we do school, but yes, we do it at home. Yeah. And, and, and But there's this sort of idea that like, oh, homeschooling people are like the weird people. <laughs> <laughs> well, having, like, having taught public school, I can tell you there are a lot of weird people in public school. Too. Yeah. In my family, my kids all know like what grade they're in because they kind of have yeah. to know for church. So I know one of the things about homeschool parents is they joke with each other saying, oh, my kid, you know, I'm afraid somebody's going to ask them what grade they're in because they wouldn't know. But you guys know that, right? Yes. So, yeah, I'm in ninth grade. And then the thing thing is, like, my friend had trouble with that because 
she would like be in, I I forget, I think it was like seventh grade or something, but she would be taking like 10th grade math because she's like super advanced in math. She's like so good at math. And it makes me jealous because like, I don't like math and I don't like doing it. And she's like, oh, I love doing this math. Like, it's so amazing. I'm like, yay. Like, that's, I mean, that's awesome for her because she knows like all kinds of stuff. Like she's doing like calculus. Yeah, I guess that's where people get kind of messed up with something like this is where we don't have to hold kids back or push kids forward mm-hmm. based on where they're quote unquote supposed to be. And so that's where not knowing your grade would come in. I think I feel like there's this idea that everybody needs to like know a little bit of everything and there's not enough like specialization. Like if somebody's really good at something, like they wouldn't necessarily get a chance to like do that thing because they have to learn all this other stuff that they're not necessarily like really good at or like need to know for what they want to do, right? Right, right. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you like to do. I know you like to write, right? Yes. What are some other things? What are some of the most interesting books or subjects you've studied this year? So my favorite book I'm reading this year, I think it probably The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm. Um, I remember when my dad was first reading it and he, he, you know, he kept saying like, oh, this is such a good book. And I think I'm finding the same thing is really, is really interesting book. Like, it's very long. It's like over a hundred chapters long, yeah. but it's, it's really interesting. And my favorite subject is probably Latin. I do an online Latin course with Mr. Dwayne Thomas. He taught the visual Latin video course, mm-hmm. but now he does like an online like webinar and he, we use a book called Lingua Latina. Yeah, I'm familiar with that one. Actually, my kids are going to start okay. uh, visual Latin next. I mean, they're still younger, so they're going to start visual Latin next year. So you really like the, the Lingua Latina. Yes, I do. I've actually taken about, I took about three Latin courses before I did it. Mm-hmm. And I never actually had a really good experience with them. But then like, as soon as I, like, I tried Lingua Latina, my mom was like, oh, there's another Latin course. And I was like, I've done so much Latin courses already and I don't like Latin. But then I, I did Lingua Latina. And it's basically like you learn to read like this novel in Latin and you just learn to read it. And, you know, like you we, like you learn the grammar and you pick up the grammar along the way. But it's not necessarily grammar focused. Mm-hmm. It gives you how to fluently read the stuff in Latin. Really like it. Yeah, it's kind of an immersion technique Mm -hmm. where you just immerse yourself in the language. Yeah, I was actually on that website the other day looking at that. So that's good to hear a really good review of uh, that particular class and that particular teacher as well. So yes, let's talk about some opportunities you might have had as a result of being homeschooled. Have you been able to like spend extra time doing some special interest or anything because you're homeschooled? Obviously, I did have time to write a book, right? I do have a lot of opportunities. I feel like I've started going to Wednesday morning Bible studies at our church to help actually to help babysit, like because a lot of moms will bring their kids and then go to the Bible study, which obviously is something I couldn't do if I was in public school, you know, because it's in the morning. I also got to, I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily like opportunity because I'm homeschooled because it was on a Saturday. But I did get to go to this convention at our library and it was like it was kind of like Comic Con, if you know what that is. But Uh it's like it was like a little a lot smaller and it was just like a local one. But I had a table there and uh, some of my books and like decorations and stuff. 
And then I got to meet like a ton of really nice people. And it was really fun. Oh, that does sound awesome. And that's all because that came out of the fact that you had time to write your book and publish it. So yeah, very much a part of you being homeschooled. Do you think there's anything you miss out on as a result of being homeschooled? I don't really feel like I miss out on much. I mean, like I know people say, oh, like when you go to public school, you can do like sports and be on teams and stuff. I don't like doing sports when I was really little. Like I used to do soccer and stuff. And I never liked that. My brothers do play soccer and stuff, but I never really enjoyed sports and things like that. And I'm very much an introvert. So it's like when you go to school, there's like tons of people all the time. And I feel, I, I don't know. I feel like I haven't really missed out on anything that I personally would have rather done, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was pretty much the same way when it came to mm-hmm. sports. So <laughs> I, under- I understand exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what are some challenges that you face as a homeschool teen? Well, to be honest, sometimes I don't get all the stuff on my list done every day. My mom makes a list, like a checklist of stuff we're supposed to do, you know, and sometimes I'll just like, Sometimes I, I guess I just, for, you know, you forget or you don't look at the list. And she's like, look at this. Like, you, you need to look at it to do your, all your stuff. And I mean, I'm trying to be, be better at it. You know, like when you're homeschooled, like there's not necessarily like a set schedule. Mm-hmm. So then like you might get lost doing something else and then you just forget. And I, you know, but I've been trying to do better and do like everything every day what's marked down. Right. So does your mom get upset when you don't get your list done? Because I have a little girl who's 11 and sometimes Mm -hmm. she doesn't get her list done. (laughs) Yeah. No, she doesn't doesn't really get upset. Like, I mean, if I miss out something big like math or something, I would try not to like miss out doing something big like reading like a book I'm supposed to read or doing math because then, you know, you get behind in a schedule. But sometimes there'll be things like, oh, I have like a chore in the morning that I'm supposed to like clean a part of of the bathroom like every day. But then sometimes, you know, like I'll start doing my math and I'll forget to do that. Oh, so I see how it goes. You're not going to forget to read the book, but you're going to forget to clean the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I get it now. I get what things we're leaving off the list. What about high school? What has the transition been like going like from elementary, middle school to high school for you? Do you have any words of wisdom? like from the kids point of view that moms can kind of take to heart dads maybe too I mean it's been okay I mean I'm, I'm still doing like a lot of the same stuff as I did before you know but there's like honestly there's like a lot more of it to do and you know and with math and Latin it's gone a bit harder and I also have a job now which I work I mean I work mostly on Saturdays but it still can be stressful and I'm somebody who gets like really stressed out very easily Okay, so just a, a more things. Is there something that you think that parents could do to help ease the transition for their kids going into high school? Personally, sometimes I just need to like relax and decompress. And I'm sure I mean, I'm sure other people need to do as well. Like sometimes I'll just like read something for fun or like pick out something from the library for fun and read that. Or I like working on like a coloring book. You know, that whole thing about like grown up coloring books. Right. <laughs> um, I also like to take walks with my mom, like around our neighborhood, and we talk and sometimes we just walk and look at like the trees in the woods or just, you know, just so ba- walk. Basically time to relax, making yes. sure that a teen has time to relax built into their schedule. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like if you're in high school, like in a public school, you know, like you have 
you wake up and you go on the bus and you have like a schedule like all until the afternoon and then you probably have to go home and do homework and i mean it's probably it honestly probably just stresses people out you need time to just relax and you know kind of decompress yeah and you're right it does stress people out quite a bit well we talked about the fact that you're not allowed to eat ice cream in bed all day <laughs> but do you regularly do school in your pajamas no i don't actually so usually we're just supposed to, you know, get dressed right after breakfast. And I don't really like the feeling of sitting around in my pajamas. Anyway, I don't know why, but um, so doing school in pajamas is not really something I've ever done, you know, unless I was sick, right? If you're feeling well enough to do school, you just like lie in bed within right. your pajamas and do That makes perfect sense. What is one thing you wish that you could tell homeschool moms just starting out from a kid's perspective? That it is important to remember that, you know, school isn't just about learning a bunch of facts and preparing for college, right? I mean, maybe this goes without saying, you know, school should also be about learning about life and the world and, you know, God and great literature and stuff like that. You know, I mean, probably everybody knew that already, like without me saying that. But I think it's very important. I think that's really good advice because you say, oh, probably everybody knew that already. But I think as moms, sometimes we forget that. We get so caught up in all the things that we're, quote unquote, supposed to be teaching our kids that we forget that it's supposed to be about some of this other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about your book. Where, how did you get interested in writing? When I was younger, I used to get these big sheets of paper, like out of sketchbooks, and I would draw pictures on them and write stories to go along with the pictures. And then I would like take the, tape them together with duct tape or whatever. And they would be books, like quote unquote books. They would have like covers with like cover illustrations and little synopsis thing on the back, you know, and I had like this whole series of books like that. And they're all about like Super Mario and Zelda and all these other people from like video games. Because <laughs> uh, I, I used to play a lot of video games like with my dad. But the thing is, when I was about 10, I think, I actually stopped writing for a very long time. And I decided I wanted to build robots and program computers instead. And then so, so what I did is like I drew a whole bunch of technical diagrams and read a lot of like giant electronics books and stuff like that. And I actually programmed like I learned to program like a bit and I made a bunch of like really bizarre games, you know, but when but then my dad was like, well, if you want to be an electrical engineer, you're going to have to um, do math, learn a whole bunch of math. And I was like, nope. I'm not doing that. So then I, you know, I just re kind of repurposed my computer. I was like, oh, I'm going to write stuff now instead. So you kind of went back to that earlier love yes. that you had had before. Mm -hmm. Well, what kind of books or authors or genres do you draw from for your inspiration? What do you like to read? So my favorite author probably is Andy Wilson. Mm -hmm. And so he's like a Christian, like children and young adult author. And then, I mean, I read yeah, I've read all of his novels, you know, including the latest one, Outlaws of Time, which was amazing. And both of my dad really like, and I'm su super excited now because the sequel is coming out like this year, which is awesome. I really like, I really think I draw inspiration from him because I really like the way how his books can be dark, but not in a way that glorifies evil. And I love how he shows like how bad the evil is instead of like hiding it or kind of glossing over it. I think sometimes they don't make the evil bad enough because evil should be evil the good guy should have to make some kind of sacrifice to stop it right 
And I really like how he implements that into his stories and makes kind of these un- more unconventional like children's and young adult books that are really cool. And also, another author that I really like is James Stoddard, who wrote the Evanmere Chronicles. They're my favorite fantasy series ever. I recommend them to everyone. So I never heard of them. And then my dad actually got them for Father's Day. And I was like, oh, cool, new books. Like, let me read them. He was like, no. But then he let me read them. And they were actually really cool. Awesome. Well, what about the genres? Any specific genres? So for genres, usually I write fantasy. But, you know, in the sense that my stories are usually set in a made-up world. I find that I don't like writing worlds, like, with magic, necessarily. I don't know. Maybe because... To be honest, I don't really like what they did with magic, you know, in the Harry Potter books. There was no system to it. There was no, it was just like, oh, if you say this word, this thing happens. And I didn't really like that. And, and I feel like there's just so many books with magic in them. So I, usually I don't write st- stories with magic. But also, so yeah, fantasy. And also, um, I also pull heavily from steampunk in terms of actual setting and some of the ideas and the, like the aesthetic of the stories. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that steampunk looks a lot of fun. Tell me a little bit about your book, Behind Her Mask Was Death. So what inspired you to write it? Behind Her Mask Was Death, as I'm sure the name implies, is a murder mystery. The sort of twist on that idea, I guess, is that I set it in a fantasy slash steampunk world. It was actually inspired by the Flavia Deleuze mystery series by Alan Bradley. Oh, which I love is- those. Oh, really? That's yes. cool. <laughs> um, so that's about like a girl in England in the 1950s who is like, sh- she's sort of an amateur chemist and detective and she goes around solving all these murder mysteries. And I kept thinking after I read those, I kept thinking about writing a murder mystery, but I'm pretty bad at writing stuff set in the real world. <laughs> like, cause you know, you have to, like if you're sitting in a time period, you have to do all kinds of research. And then, you know, I just, I'm not the biggest fan of <laughs> research. So I decided to set it in a fantasy world, which I, I'd actually, actually written a bit about it before in a couple of stories that I never finished. So I just used that, that world. Okay. And so how long did you work on it? So I started writing in October of 2015. And the first draft was finished in, I think it was in early December. But up until like the middle of 2016, I was editing and editing and editing. <laughs> and just, you know, I actually had to rewrite Fun fact, I actually had to rewrite the entire, like, climax chapter because it was so bad in the first version. It was just the worst. And then the book was published on October 1st of 2016. And it was almost, the thing is, it it was interesting. Um, It was, like, almost exactly a year after I'd started it. Oh, fun. Well, I love, as somebody who teaches writing to kids and high schoolers, Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you realized that stuff needed to be rewritten. Uh, That climax chapter was so bad. Like, I can't really exactly tell you, like, why it was, because I would spoil the book. Yeah, don't um, do that. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you realized it. Well, do you have any other writing projects in the works that you can tell us about? Yes, I wrote, it's it's finished now, but I wrote, wrote, it's called Series for Chinelo.com. So basically, they publish serialized literature. Maybe someone writes a story, and then they'll publish like a chapter every week or month on the website. So I was actually asked by the creator of this website, Kara Klotz, to write a series for them. I did. It's called The Tangle. And I was trying to experiment with something other than fantasy. So it's like this kind of creepy, bizarre book kind of 
it's creepy in the way that you know like an Andy Wilson book is creepy but the the first chapter was released on February 11th and then the second one will be out next week I think Oh, that sounds fun. So it's kind of, you're kind of like Charles Dickens. You're just writing your serial there and pieces are coming out. Well, do you have any advice for other teens who might be hoping to become writers? Read a lot, definitely. I mean, it's almost become a cliche answer, but, you know, if you're going to write, you need to read a lot. You know, you can learn a lot of techniques just from reading like good books. And also, this is something that I struggle with, but you need to try to write something every day, whether it's just a paragraph or a story or a journal entry or anything like that. You need to practice because like with anything, you get better at writing when you practice it. Yeah. And you kind of get in a flow too. I find when I haven't written in a while that when I sit down to do it, it's harder to start. Yes. Uh, But if I'm writing every day, even if I sit down the next day to write something completely different than what I wrote the day Mm -hmm. before, it's easier just to begin. Well, Aria, are you ready for the fast five? Yes. Okay. All right. What is one thing in your Amazon cart at the moment? I don't personally have an Amazon cart like my mom does. I don't know. It would probably be, I would probably want to pre-order um, Andy Wilson's next book. Perfect. Um, the sequel to Outlaws of Time. Yeah. What we about your read favorite that. family read aloud ever? We kind of have a tradition now, I guess, where my mom reads Keeping Holiday by Star Mead to us during December is like a really cool book. It is, it's sort of like an allegory to, about the story of Jesus and two kids' journeys to become Christians. And I've always discovered something new every time we read it. We didn't read it last year because my mom thought we should try something new because we've been reading it like every year for a while. She was like, we should probably try something else. So we did... The best Christmas pageant ever, which was very funny. But my favorite is Keeping Holiday. What about your best field trip ever? I think it was a couple years ago and my family and then a couple of our friends from church went to Dickens of a Christmas at the Ohio Village, which was, there was like this village that's built to look like it was from the 1800s. And then there was like activities and stuff. And it was all like inspired by Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. And it was really fun. Oh, that does sound fun. Well, you told us earlier, but tell us again. What are you reading right now? Did I tell you earlier? I'm Count reading a lot of Cristo? Yes, but I'm also reading, I'm like reading a million things. Um, <laughs> one of the things like, I'm reading for fun is Anne of the Island by L.M. Montgomery. Uh-huh. I've never read all of the Anne of Green Gables books before. So, but we have some, like all of them in really nice paperback editions. So I started reading the rest of them. So I'm on Anne of the Island now. Oh, that's fun. I should have known that you would have had more than one book going. I've got to have blank to get me through the day. Definitely my computer. I do math on my laptop and it it has like all my writing and other stuff on it. So, you know, basically it's like an essential, you know, maybe that's not the greatest thing. But yeah, that's definitely. Hey, we're looking for honesty here. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Aria, tell everybody where they can find you online. You can find me on my website, ariaemar.com, and I have a blog on there, and I have stuff about my books and all kinds of other stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining (laughs) me today. It was a lot of fun. You're welcome. I really enjoyed it. 
And there you have it. Wasn't she delightful? Now, if you would like links to any of the books or resources that Aria and I spoke about today, you can find them in the show notes for this episode, along with the links to Aria's own website and her own book. We will have those for you at pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP48. You can find everything you need there. Also at that same web address are instructions on how to leave a rating or review for the Homeschool Snapshots podcast in iTunes. The ratings and reviews you leave in iTunes help us get word out about the podcast to other listeners. We thank you for taking the time to do that. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another great homeschooling interview. Until then, keep on homeschooling.